Hello, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Mindfully Love podcast. We are Chloe and Michael. Hi, Michael. Hi, Chloe. <laughs> How are you, Michael? I'm good, Chloe. How are you? Good, thank you. Well, we just um, had a beautiful weekend in Estonia, in Tallinn, Estonia, and we came back feeling so refreshed and filled with this festive energy as we continue December. Hope you are all taking care of yourselves as we're entering this festive season and be mindful of what feelings might be coming up for you and mm. to be kind to yourself. Mm. I don't know, I just felt like saying that before we get started. So, mm. so why not? <laughs> so today, what are we talking about? Mm. So we wanted to discuss, it was something that we mentioned briefly in some previous posts and something we'd been thinking about more recently again in trying to um, again you know dwindle the number down into a small amount of priorities that we think are important to focus on prior to parenthood uh, so it's uh, the topic for the day is actually three things you can be doing to prepare for parenthood mm. keyword can not should but keyword can be doing to prepare for parenthood and no, number one is not choose the color of the nursery. <laughs> yes, definitely not. So it's really important to be telling our listeners that this can be for anyone. If you are a couple, even if you're a single person that's listening to this somehow, um, you can get started with these three things at any time. Yeah. It, we would love for this to be part of the preconception journey for everyone that goes through this. And it's something that we really thought about and did ourselves as we are entering our preconception journey ourselves. And we did this because we know and we've seen how much significant focus there is on preparing for parenthood when it comes to material things, when it comes to physical preparation. So we all know, we've all been around those um conversations when a new friend a new person announces a pregnancy and all the other moms all the other couples go and start giving their advices and tell them all the things that they need to buy tell them what courses to sign up for to have an empowered birth to have a calm birth all those things that they need to do to get the house ready and to make sure they have everything they need for the birth we also know that there's a lot of um programs out there to um, help the the mama's body specifically to um, continue being strong through exercises and diet and all those things. However, we still haven't found a program. We still haven't found anything that promotes that emotional and mental aspect of mm. preparing for parenthood. Mm. And we know that mentally and emotionally parenthood is and can be the most challenging experience of our lives. And it's something that no one talks about until they're already parents. We have so many friends that come up to us and like, oh, I wish we knew this before parenthood. I wish we did something before parenthood. You guys, what you guys are saying and educating and posting about is something that we wish we did. Because unfortunately, no one thinks they need it before parenthood. However, we do know that we are beings that continue to grow. We're not perfect and we're not striving for perfection. But we know that we're always growing. We're always learning. 
and we all have things to heal from. Mm. And and on that, and just emphasizing what you said earlier, I, th- I think is extremely important. Obviously, the the area that we're discussing here and what we're talking about is particularly in the preconception journey. You mm. mentioned you mentioned this is for everyone. And I just want to emphasize the point on that. I mean, we are we are extremely keen for this work to begin happening prior to parenthood because we understand ourselves through the journey that we've been on that this is something that takes quite a lot of time. And it's a lifelong journey as healing and growing is. It's forever evolving. It's forever changing. There are forever things that we are continuing to grow and step forward with. It's not something that needs to start just prior to conception, but that is about as late as you can leave it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, is is the emphasis I want to make yeah. there. Yeah, definitely. And it's hard. We're not going to sit here and tell you that it's an easy thing to do. It takes courage and it takes patience and a lot of effort and accountability and commitment from yourself. But knowing that what you're doing will not only benefit yourself, but also your relationship with your partner and the people around you, as well as your children and future generations to come, makes it even so much better. So why Mm. wouldn't you do that to better your life and make it easier for yourself? Mm. It's it's the full environment preparation. Um, it's, It's the one thing that once you really begin getting on top of and building an environment that really continues to foster and grow the healing and growth that really starts to have a holistic impact in your mm-hmm. life. Um, there are, you know, some really wonderful ways that you can prepare in terms of, you know, um, like you said, physically and buying the right uh, cot and um, choosing the right color for the nursery, mm-hmm. as I said earlier, and all these sorts of things. There is nothing that will have a lifelong effect on both you and your family as the appropriate mental and emotional preparation as what we are hoping to no. begin identifying for you exactly. today. Yeah. And I just find it amazing, funny, ironic, um, that there's so much focus on the birth, which is great. You know, if if we ever in that in that journey, I would love, you know, for myself to focus on that birth and having an empowered birth as well. However, it's not just that. So many people just focus on the birth. But what happens a week later, two days later, after the birth finishes? What happens if you have a dramatic birth and you have no idea how to focus on that emotional pain and that trauma? Being able to prepare yourself emotionally and mentally will help you deal with any other little challenges and difficulties that come through the pregnancy, birth, and parenthood journey. Mm. So let's get started. I was going to say that's a really good segue into Mm. point one. Point one. Start your healing journey. Um, as as we said before in our posts, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. No one thinks they need it. No one realizes it's something worth addressing until they're in the midst of it. And generally at that time, it just doesn't become high on that priority list when you have, uh, a, you know, the little one with you or you have, you know, a family with you and there are other um, pressing matters and urgent matters that are in, that are in the way at the time that you need to start experiencing. So um, beginning your healing journey as early as you can and starting to recognize uh, 
the the triggers and limiting beliefs in our life that hold us back from being the most authentic version of ourselves um, and as parents that we can be. Yes, exactly. And realizing that we are all carrying a level of baggage based on our life experiences, our past, that can be passed forward through generations. Now that we know, we have research to show us that. So no one can tell you, oh, what you say is not true. We know that that can actually happen. And we also know our own limiting beliefs, our own values, our own general beliefs can obviously be passed down as our kids model what we say, what we do, and how we talk about the world, how we talk about everything around us. Mm. So healing from what no longer serves us and creating an environment of growth will not just benefit us and our relationship, but will also model a passion for learning, growth, and love for our children and everyone around us. Mm, Absolutely. It it will begin to create uh, that environment for your child to begin navigating and understanding the world around them through their emotion, which Mm. is their primary language uh, as as children as well, is the way that they learn um, how to move about the world and create the reality that exists around them, the perceptions that exist around them. And like you said, uh, um, you know, this maybe this was one of those hoodoo, woo-woo thought processes that just belonged in the spirituality realm and and those sorts of things in the past, but it's not. um, It's something we can very evidently see pass through generations now. And, you know, what, what clear indication do you need of that then, what you are modeling for your children in the the sponges that they are and what they're absorbing and what they're taking on. We all agree that we turn into our parents at some point in the future. That is our default mode coming out. Once we have learned what we think is enough learning, you know, once we sort of reach that age of 25, 26, and then we carry forward uh, what it is that we know deep down, it's usually a model and uh, uh, that was created by what our parents did, said, acted in front of us. Exactly. So do something for yourself today that will get started on that healing journey. Start journaling. Start reflecting on your beliefs. Start reflecting about your thoughts on men, on women, on relationships, on money, on um, parenthood. Start from there. Start checking in with yourself several times a day, really checking in, asking yourself, how am I feeling? Join a woman's circle, a men's circle, a breathwork circle. Go see a therapist, a counsellor, psychologist. Do something that will support you in healing your journey, in starting your healing journey today. And as we enter, number two. And that was, that was again, you know, as you said there, on the emotional side of things, perfectly segueing into... You know, you've started your healing journey, beginning to learn how to regulate your emotions and develop what is emotional intelligence or EQ, as we understand it, um, in order to appropriately manage our emotions. This is something, again, when we speak of modeling and the things that we're modeling for our children, I don't think, I don't think there could be anything more important than modeling how we manage our emotions in front of our children. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yes, exactly. Um, just to clarify to our listeners, number two was learning how to regulate your emotions. 
And this is one of the reasons that I came up with the idea of Mindfully Loved. And we created this with Michael. It's because I used to come home after working with children all day long at a school as a psychologist, trying to teach them and trying to um, help them regulate their emotions and teach them how to tap into their emotions, only to realize that the parents that were around them, that the teachers that were around them had no idea how to do that to themselves. So we can teach children for sure, but when they don't have that model, modeling around them, but on that, when they don't have that support around them or when the parents don't hold space for them to feel those emotions that we are teaching them to feel, it can be really hard to really, you know, we're giving them mixed signals. So in order to help our children tap into their emotions and regulate their emotions and learn uh, how to communicate and learn how to empathize with, uh, with others, we need to have adult models to support them in doing that without judgment. Mm, we, we, we can put it down really simply. I mean, the concept of telling our children to uh, regulate their own emotions, to behave, to calm down, to not yell, to do these things. Meanwhile, or all the meanwhile, they're witnessing us as adults shut ourselves off when we feel the slightest bit of emotion, yell back when someone makes us feel uncomfortable or is not doing the thing that we want to see them do, um, give our partner the silent treatment mm. for a week because they haven't done something that has, uh, yeah, um, that some, they've done something that's bothered us. Uh, again, we can tell them all the things they want. What is going to form the basis of their emotional intelligence is what they're witnessing. The biggest role models in their life emulate on a day-to-day basis. Exactly. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think it, I don't, common sense. I think has to play a role here <laughs> in understanding that how we act to ourselves and to others and to our partners is what's going to emulate their understanding of relationships with ourselves and with others for the rest of our lives. Exactly. So if we, if we are wishing or hoping for children, for our children to be able to express and regulate their emotions effectively um, and compassionately for themselves and others, the only reason and the most effective way to do that is by doing it ourselves. Mm. So learn how to regulate your emotions. And if you don't know where to start, start by tapping into what you are feeling. Because if we don't know what we are feeling, we can't regulate it. And then start looking into ways to self-soothe yourself. And most of us might not even know how that looks like because we were never taught how to soothe ourselves when we're feeling stressed, when we're feeling angry, when we're feeling frustrated. The journal, what makes you feel calm? What makes you feel at peace? What makes you feel safe? And start exploring ways to do that. Yeah, perfect. And moving on to number three. Number three. This one, I, I think we could do just about a whole podcast on its own, but let's try <laughs> and keep this brief. Uh, deeply communicate with your partner. Mm. 
And it's in a way, I just realized the three, it's kind of like three little three steps. You know, as you're starting your healing journey, you're becoming aware of your emotions. You're learning how to identify your emotions. Then you move into number two, where you learn how to regulate your emotions. And once you learn how to regulate your emotions, you will be able to deeply communicate with your partner and people around you. So I like that. I just realized that it's a bit of like yeah. one, two, three. Yeah. A, a nice little flowing effect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's so many reasons for this one, you know, and it's it's in a way funny that we have to sit here and explain the importance of communication with your partner. Yeah. Mm. And for one, is that parent is not meant to be done alone. Yeah. And if you are a single parent or going through pregnancy alone for any reason, yeah, we, you know, you always have a support person. You always have someone around you. And communication with that person is so important as well. So without a partner, a strong community that we can open, open that we can communicate openly, honestly, and feel supported and safe with, then parenthood would even be more challenging. And we all know that. We know um, from experience from our friends around us, we know how important having that village is. However, if you have a whole village around you, but you're not able to communicate them to them clearly what you need, it can get very overwhelming. Because instead you have so many people just checking in and asking how they can help you. But if you don't know how to ask for help, if you don't know how to communicate with them that you're overwhelmed, stressed, that you're needing help and what you need them to do, then having a village there doesn't really doesn't really matter much, yeah? You just have more people to respond and tell them, no, thank you. Thanks for the message. Mm. Thanks for the check-in. Sometimes mm. it can feel more overwhelmed. So learning how to communicate with our partner is so crucial, especially with our partner. And and keyword and for definition purposes, again, you know, we, we use words like deeply, deeply communicate. What do we mean when we say deeply communicate? Yeah. There is all forms of communication. Uh, even the way you carry your body around the room is a form of communication. When we say deeply communicate, you said you said three, three keywords, which is openly in a way that we can tap into what it is that we're feeling deepest within ourselves and like you said flowing on from that point number two and that is once we start to recognize our own emotions we can speak openly with our partner mm. the second is um honestly we can feel um and it flows on to the third which will be I'll, I'll speak to that safely but honestly means we can speak from within and have the courage to say how it is um that we're feeling and third, obviously, being that flowing is safely and supportedly to be mm. able to feel the space. And all all three can only work with each other. Uh, but be, being f- feeling safe and supported amongst your partner will allow you to speak openly and honestly and speak to what it is that you're feeling in any moment. And when you are creating uh, a family unit mm. and an environment that is founded on those three premises, there is no harboring emotions. There is no repressing emotions. There is no holding the things back that you need to comfortably express. There is only support and there's only love. Mm. And what better model for our children to witness and and want for themselves as they grow up. Yeah. And with that, it takes 
courage and vulnerability to do that, to sit with your partner and talk about your fears, talk about your worries, your needs during this time. So it's really important before parenthood to practice communicating honestly, openly, and safely. Create a plan together. How do you ask each other when you need help, when you're overwhelmed, when you're stressed? So important. And mm-hmm. again, our relation, you know, our relationships, you, you know, they they can you can feel really connected with your partner and two months later not as much. So knowing that we do have our ups and downs. Of course. And communication is something that we need to practice and we need to keep each other accountable and challenge each other through that. But again, what we're creating is our relationship that we're hoping that our kids will be able to look up to and model and show them what our relationship um, will look like for them as well if they choose to. Show them they have the capacity in the you know in in the depths of uh, postpartum fatigue, tiredness, running on empty. I mean, doing just the bare essentials for what you can to get yourself through. And in those moments when you are feeling overwhelmed, to not have to just shut off or repress or just deal with whatever it is that you're dealing with, but to have an environment where you can actually safely process that and have a family support around you to help mm. you deal with that. Exactly. Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you have, if you're listening and you have any other ideas or you've done, or you are doing something or you've done something in the past to prepare you for conception, for prepare you for pregnancy and parenthood, reach out to us. Let us know what that is. And in the meantime, make sure you follow along on our socials as we have lots of offerings coming up soon to actually target all those three things. We are here for you. Reach out if you have any questions. Thanks, guys. See you all next time. Much love. Bye. Bye.